the drinks have been poured. The Edgar Allan Poe candle has been lit. Welcome to the Horror Salon. I am your co-host, Andemic. And I'm the witch. Welcome. Thanks for listening, everybody. We have a fun little episode for you today, but before we get into all of that goodness, we've of course have to introduce our Pazuzu Hour. <laughs> and today we've got a really fun Pazuzu. A really fun Pazuzu. It is delish. Andemic brought this, and I'm thrilled. And I actually didn't know when Andemic told me she was bringing it that it comes from a cidery out of Ferndale, Michigan, called Bee Nectar. Mm. I have been to this cidery, and it is awesome. So if you are ever in the Detroit-ish area up Mm -hmm. near Ferndale, I absolutely recommend checking them out. They're awesome. They've got a cute little tap room. They have some amazing ciders. Well, if this cider is any indication, it is... Yeah, next level. It's delish. So I'm I'm excited to try. So should shall we? Yeah. Well, tell them what it is. Oh, so it is Bee Nectar's Zombie Killer. Mm. Um, it's a honey and cherry cider, and it's 5.5 ABV. So right there in the middle of the road. Not too strong. Mm-hmm. Not too weak. Real nice. Real nice situation they got going. <laughs> shall we? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so good. That is so good. It it has a beautiful balance of honey and cherry. It does. You can taste both. You can taste both and neither overwhelm the other no, one. No, and they complement the apple. Yes. Very well. And it's not sweet. And it's not dry. And it's not dry. It's perfect. It this is. is a perfect cider. It is. So zombie killer, if you find it on your on your shelves, order it, whatever mm-hmm. you need to do, get it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It is delish. Home buys always has it. I'm just home saying. Buys. Hashtag home buys. <laughs> okay, so what are we going to talk about today? Today, I mean, pandemic, you know, we cannot stay off of the topic of ghosts. We can't. We really can't. They are everywhere. They are the loves of our life. Mm-hmm. Um... So today we're talking about our personal paranormal experiences. So things that have gone bump in the night for us. Or bump in the day. Or bump in the day. That when you work is in haunted locations, bumps in the day. Bumps in the day. I'm real excited about this one. <laughs> so I guess I find that the things that that have absolute that have happened to me that I absolutely cannot explain, and there are a few of those for me, um, have happened when I wasn't actively looking for it, mm. when I wasn't act- actively trying to get it to perform, or uh, they were things I didn't ask for and they happened. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know if there's something to that. You know, if you, I don't know, and maybe if you aren't interested at all in ghosts, maybe you will never, ever have an experience of any kind. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they only happen to those that are open to those experiences but aren't forcing those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said, too. If, if you are already in that spirit realm, 
that you may be able to read people in a certain way. And I think, I think maybe they know who is respectful, who is, I don't know, who, who is treating it with, um, I don't know, what am I trying to say? There's a certain amount of reverence. Reverence, absolutely. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, like if you think about, won't name names, mm-hmm. if you think about some of those shows where it's like very, um, they're trying to intimidate yeah, the, the dead. Yeah, the provoking. They're provoking. And, and that, that feels so... It feels disrespectful. Disrespectful. You it know, feels disrespectful. If, if what they're dealing with are our former alive people living people living people who probably in many instances in some of these locations that you're going to had pretty hard end of life yeah um and then to to provoke or berate um feels feels wrong it feels wrong so um yeah maybe maybe there's a barrier to activity there yeah i mean it's entirely possible um, I'm going to preface this. I know, I know we've done an episode on ghost hunting, but I'm going to say it again since we are talking about our own personal experiences. I have never, and I know the witch has never broken into a place that we thought was haunted. Please don't do that. Um, don't break the law just to have a creepy experience. There are plenty of places you can go where you are allowed to go. Go there. Um, if, if you can't get access, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. Um, so that gives us all a bad name when people ruin, you know, they defy the law and, and break shit, and it's annoying. And I want to say that. I, wa- I, I, I want to say this, Andemic. We are a family. Mm-hmm. Horror is not something that is everyone's cup of tea. Right. And when you find another horror nerd, you latch on. Yeah. And what is so cool about this community is Everyone is open to that. Mm-hmm. So let's stay a family. Let's be respectful. Yeah. Let's keep this thing going. And let's make sure the outside world knows. Yeah. Hey, we're fucking awesome. <laughs> we are. And Damn we're it. not breaking into places because we heard it's haunted. No. We are not. So in your, um, your paranormal experiences, have any of them involved... Um, like equipment of any kind. I know I know we've talked about some of that in the past, but any that specifically happened to you through through the equipment. Through equipment of some sort. I know you have a flashlight story. Yes. So, um and I think I briefly mentioned this in our ghost hunting yeah. episode, but when I was on that ghost hunt I, in a undisclosed location in Dayton, yeah, Opera House, um we, we did use a flashlight as one of our pieces of equipment. And mm-hmm. the flashlight, for those of you who may not have been ghost hunting before, it's a tool that you, you just put it on the floor and you ask the spirit to uh, turn it on for mm-hmm. yes, you know, and, and just leave it alone for no. It's like a mag light that you can unscrew the top. Yes. And you unscrew it just to the point exactly. of contact with the battery. Exactly. So, um, what I found really interesting about that experience is I, I feel a lot of people are like, oh, because you do that, of course it's going to trigger on or trigger off or whatever. Right. 
Um, but this, I mean, it, it, it wasn't like a dim little spark. It mm-hmm. was a full-on light or full-on not light. Yeah. Um, and it was an in, it was intuitive, and it and it, it responded. It, it to your responded. Questions. It, we would ask a question. There would be a brief pause, and then the light would come on, or it would remain off, and we'd ask the next next question. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just it was one of those situations where you know if you've never been before, you can anticipate how you're going to react. And mm-hmm. I always felt I would react. I'd be very scared. Mm-hmm. I was not. I was yeah. very calm. It was a yeah. very um, calming experience. I just have this overwhelming sense of, oh, yeah. I've always thought there was something after this, but now yeah. I know. Now you know. You feel like you know. Yeah. yeah. So um, that that is the only, I will say of all my personal paranormal experiences, that is the only one that has involved equipment. Okay. Others, it has been purely. Mm-hmm personal experience personal experiences yeah i i've had a few with like the flashlight thing and i know the dowsing rods are definitely tough to get right that's the 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 copper rods that you hold in your hands and they cross and uncross and they're very hard to use but i have had a couple of experiences with those where it almost felt like a heaviness or electricity in my hands as it was moving. So it, it it felt deliberate. It didn't feel like just involuntary moving because I wasn't holding them still. And I don't know if that's a phenomenon of your hand squeezing something for so long. I don't know what the answer is to that. But it was compelling enough that it was answering these questions um, as, if it, as if it knew. I don't know. It was, it was very strange. Um, but... Uh, most of my experiences, I, I have some really cool orb shots, which at some point we'll post. Yeah. I know those are hard to decipher too, whether or not they are orbs, but I've got a couple that are so compelling. I, I don't know how to explain them. Um, but the one, the one tool that I, I've never used, but I don't like because you see it on these shows is, is the spirit box. That's the, the one where they run through the, the radio stations Okay. And then ask questions. I mean, the, the stations are moving fast, and, and theoretically, the ghost is, is or the spirit is able to manipulate the sounds and talk back to you through, through that box. I feel like that one's a little uh, easy to hear what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, now, others, I mean, any listeners out there, if you've had great experience with them, please share those experiences. Let us know. Um, but... I, I've always found that it that that's one of those ones because I I have I have led people on a lot of ghost hunts. I have witnessed a lot of ghost hunts in in my entire over a decade career being in working basically in haunted haunted museums and places. Um and sometimes people are so eager for something to happen, which I understand that they can talk themselves into believing it's in, happening into believing it's happening and it may or may not be happening. Um, but you know, it's just, it's not an exact science, obviously. And it's kind of like fishing. You sit there for hours and hours and hours. So you're excited if the thing says hello. Yeah. Whether or not it actually said hello. Right. You're excited (laughs) that you heard hello in your head. Exactly. Okay. So, um, tell me, tell me some of your experiences. So I'm going to tell you, um, a fun story. This is a, this is a ghost story that has been passed down in my family. 
passed down to my sister and myself, um, really. But uh, I do believe my mother has a connection. Um, she is very um, susceptible to that world, to mm-hmm. the spirit world. Uh, she has had a lot of experiences in her life. I feel that I have more experiences than my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I primarily experience through dream. My sister does not experience at all. So I, I would say that I feel like there is a spectrum on yeah. which you experience these things. Interesting, yeah. Um, but my mother, by far and large, is super sensitive. Um, and so my mother lived in a house uh, very close to where I grew up. And it was a family home. And we had never known it to have been owned by anyone outside of the family. At least mm-hmm. we didn't have record of who, the, who those folks were that owned this home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it it sat on a piece of land that was right next to my grandmother's home. So my grandmother lived in one house and my mother lived in the house right next door. And my mother was terrified of this house. She would stay with my grandmother constantly. And she was very reserved for a long time about that. She didn't want to share why she was so terrified of this house, um, but she she did recently open up t- why she was scared, and she did it because her brother said something to her about oh. this house because he's living there now. Oh, okay. Um, and she shared with me and my sister, she said that um, there are two women who live in that house that don't live right now, but they live in that house, and they don't want anyone else in that house. And they live at the top of the stairs. And I slept in the living room because they live at the top of the stairs. What? And I, I was like, oh, wow. Um, and she said, and you know, your uncle, he's starting to understand that. And I was, you know, uh, that was, it, it gives me goosebumps even now to say that. But um, that was like a little shocking for me. Like, mm-hmm. okay, she's just very assured mm-hmm. that there are people that live in this house that aren't living right now. Um, and then my uncle said something very interesting when I was uh, visiting uh, home. Um, he said, you know, I can't sleep upstairs anymore. He said, they don't want me up there. What? Yeah. And I was like, no, that's interesting. He's like, yeah, I sleep in the living room now. Oh, my God. Did he elaborate on... Mm-mm. But my mother says there are two women that live on the top of the stairs. They, mm-hmm. they appear as black shadow figures. And they do not want you up there. Wow. So I would be very interested to know what the history of that house Absolutely. was. Absolutely. Um, if there is a history there. Mm-hmm. If there's, but it, it, uh, if they're somehow tied to my family. Because mm-hmm. that's one thing that I'd be really interested to hear from you, Andemic, is that if you feel that hauntings are tied to place or if they're tied to people or both. I think both. I think both too. I absolutely think both. Um, just for instance, the the place I, I work now um, is on the site of, of a former asylum. And we don't believe that the ghost is always there. Um, and the whole block has uh, has uh, has activity. 
Mm. um, various sorts of activity. And I got to thinking, maybe they are wandering through their reality when they died, which would have been the long halls of, of an asylum. Um, but they're really in hours. They're interacting in hours. Yeah. So I think it can be tied to place because there's no reason for them to be there now. Right. Um, but the, and is that would be a residual, maybe a residual yeah. haunting. But yeah, I do believe um, people can be can be haunted, can be followed. Um, absolutely. I I, I think and more sensitive people will be mm-hmm. if they're open to it. Yeah, I do believe. So yeah. that 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 is the that's what I wanted to start off with because yeah. um, that's a story that's been kind of sticking with me because yeah. it's it's been passed down to my sister and mm-hmm. I but it's also been resurfacing recently with the the new activity with my uncle wow I would be very curious to know why he knows he shouldn't sleep up there what yeah. has happened yeah and I would be very curious um, because a lot of what you experience comes to you in dreams yes I would be very interested for you to spend the night up there if I had the nerve I'll stay with you it'll be fine it'll be fine I'll guard the door. Yeah. And by guard the door, I mean I'll sleep in my car. Yeah. And Demick will be in her car <laughs> and call me and say, hey, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on in there? <laughs> um, no, I, I would be very curious. Do they feel Do they feel in danger or do they just feel like, oh, um, unsettled, I guess? The sense I got was they don't want us here. Okay. Um, I don't know if that necessarily means they felt in physical danger. Mm-hmm. Um, but they felt scared enough that they knew it was a boundary they weren't about to cross. They weren't allowed to cross. Wow. That's something. Yeah. There was also talk of my mom, big dog lover, same here. Mm-hmm. Um, when she had dogs in that house, they would stare up there. Oh, and animals are very mm-hmm. in tune to that. Mm-hmm. So wow. I, I, I do feel that something is going on in that house. Mm-hmm. I wonder I what. Yeah. Wow. Um, I hope you dig more into that because I'm now all the way intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can do a, a live salon. Or we could do a live salon from the house. Yeah, from the second floor. Yeah. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I, one, one from my, my childhood, my grandparents' house, um... My dad, my my dad and my mom, that was their first house um, when they got married. And that's when I was born. That was my first house. Um, and I remember them telling me a story once about how they knew something was in the house. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what, but it was kind of unsettling. And it always let them know that it was there, whatever it was. Um, and one night, my dad, they were down at, uh, down at my grandparents' house, which was just right next door, basically. You say down. It was just down the alley. Right. And, um, dad went back to the house to grab something. And when he turned around to, he was facing away from the living room in the kitchen. And when he turned around to leave, um, there was a pot of, uh, these like palm frond things, you know, like a decorative. And he said they were lined up tip to top all the way through the living room in a line. Yeah, and he said, I just left. <laughs> As you do. I, he just left. But, um, and I didn't know that story when I was a kid. I didn't find that out till later in life. But um, 
when I was a kid, I never wanted to sleep in the room with the pull-out couch because there was a closet in that room and you swore something was staring out at you from that closet. Mm. I never saw anything. I never experienced anything other than that kind of... I slept on the couch in the living room because I was afraid to sleep in that room. Um, And my brother was too. Yeah. So, and my cousins were, it was, it was everyone, everyone was. So, you know, I, I don't know what it was, but it didn't feel good. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the only one I can think of from, from my childhood. From your childhood. Yeah. But I've had a ton of experiences in a lot of the places that I've worked. Sure. Um, do you have any from any, any place that you've worked? Yes, actually. Um, in fact, this is an experience I, I have, oh, I might have shared it with you, Ann Demick. Mm. Um, I was visiting a place where Ann Demick works, <laughs> uh, has worked. Um, this place, um, for me, this place is known to be very well haunted. Uh, but for me, my the bulk of my experiences have occurred in the attic and in the basement. So I'll start with the attic. Um, When I went up to the attic, I was I was just going to grab something, and um, there is a kind of like a living space up in the Mm -hmm. attic. And I was in the I, I I climbed the stairs, and when you get to the landing, there's a room there that's kind of like an office, but isn't really used. Um, and there was some things stored there that I needed to pick up. And um, the the door to the living space was open. And I just remember feeling an overwhelming sense of do not turn your back <laughs> to that door. Okay. So I didn't. Yeah. And I stared down the hallway of that living space and I moved like (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah, I bet you did. Throughout the, (laughs) grabbing my things (laughs) and just went my merry way back down um, the attic steps. So there is something in that living space. Andemic. There's something in there. There is. Um, There's also something in the basement. That I've never experienced. I'm very curious about There is something in that basement. Um, and I had to go down to that basement uh, <laughs> to drag shit out. <laughs> yeah, um, you did. <laughs> in the back, so when you go down into the basement, there's a storage area. And then uh, at the very bottom of the stairs, that area is fine. Yeah. Um, there's also kind of a middle room um, that has a washer and dryer. That area is fine. <laughs> it's the area in the back where it's dark and damp. And there's something in the corner. In the crawl space? There's something in the crawl space. Um, because every time I went down there, there was noise in that fucking crawl space. What? Every time I'd go down, I'd be, I'd be in the front room counting t-shirts. Uh-huh. Something was rustling around in the crawl space. I'd be down, I'd be in the center room checking on the washer and dryer. Something was rustling around in the crawl space. I'd be down in the damn crawl space <laughs> pulling out chairs and there were shadows what? in the crawl space. There's something in that basement um, Wow. that I don't know that it's malevolent. Uh, sure. It wasn't trying. It wasn't scary enough to get me out of the basement. Yeah. But it wanted to be me to know it was there. Um, wow. Yeah. I never experienced anything down there. Yeah. 
um, I'm glad because I w- would just charge head first into that room in the pitch black. Yeah. Like, <laughs> got to get a thing. Right. I'm glad I didn't know those stories. Well, yeah. Now you do. Um, other things. I, I will say it, it, it did not feel malevolent, whatever it was. No. And the thing in the attic, though, I that that didn't feel good to me. The thing in the attic. That is, that's fascinating. Um, we do know that somebody did die in, the, in that house, um, and people had seen this person behind them in the mirror and things like that. But I remember um, my name was called from the attic a couple times. Don't go, don't, I was the only go. one in, in the place, in the, in the whole house, and my name was called from the attic. What did the voice sound like? You know, I can't, I can't place it. It was because it was almost like it was in my head. It wasn't, mm. I can't explain it. Pandemic. Right. But anyway, so I heard my name from the attic a couple times. Uh, there are th- about three things that happened to me there that I cannot for the life of me explain. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is, it was near the end of the day, and a friend and I were getting ready to um, to leave, and we walked down the hallway, and my friend stops and goes, what the hell was that? And she looks down, and about mid-calf, um, she sees this blob that she describes as she could see through it, but it, it, felt, it, it seemed heavy, and it was giving off a shadow, but she could see through it. And it, it just went past her about calf high uh, down the hall. And I said, what? I don't see anything. And she goes, oh, I, I don't see it anymore. And as she said that, I picked up sight of it. And it de- made a deliberate turn because the, the hallway kind of curves a little bit. Mm-hmm. It made a deliberate turn. And I could see a shadow off this thing. And as it passed by me, the right side of my body went ice cold. And that feeling stuck with me for... I'd say half an hour. Wow. And as it turned the corner, it raised up and then popped into a flash of light. Wow. And it was, it was kind of liberating to have this shared experience with somebody so that I didn't have to explain that. There was one person I could talk to about that that saw it too. Um, but my friend wants nothing to do with anything haunted or ghostly she goes get my shit out of your office i'm going downstairs we're we're leaving yeah but it but we talked about it later and it wasn't it was just like we were witnessing a snapshot there was no other feeling except you know the cold on my body but there was no like emotional feeling it was just this thing we watched happen and the pop of light i i do not know what we witnessed wow i just i I don't know but that one boy um, shall I keep going? Please. Okay. So, um, another one, I was sitting, I was sitting at my desk and, and again, I was, um, well, I didn't realize that I was the only one upstairs, but I was. And all of a sudden the light in the hallway starts sizzling. And I'm like, well, what is what that? the hell? And I know. And then all of a sudden I heard in the office across the hall it sounded like a huge pile of books and papers, um, which is common in a place I, where I work. There are lots of piles of books and papers yeah, and things. Yeah, yeah. But I, it sounded like that was just swiped off a desk. 
and like hit the floor and fanned out, you know, like whoosh. And so I giggled and went, oh my gosh, are you all right in there? And I didn't hear anything. And I was like, oh. So I walked in and there was nothing spilled and neither of my office mates were there. So I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> so, but it, it felt so real. I mean, I, I asked if they were okay. And I'm like, you guys yeah. all right in there? What, what just happened? Um, so that's the, another one that, that has given me, given me pause. Um, and then we did an organized ghost hunt with a group. Um, well, two, uh, two people who were winners of a contest. Um, and we had them, um, sitting in a spot where, where a a thing had happened, like a haunted thing had happened uh, at the exact time that it happened, Mm. um, in history. And so the, the group that's doing it, a highly professional, awesome group. And there were, uh, high-tech mics there was one there were two downstairs they were standing at the top of the stairwell there was a microphone up there and then there was one past us in this middle room where we set up our little command center there was one in the front front parlor so four microphones and at the at the minute and hour that this is happening we're all those of us who are part of the the team we're huddled around the tv screens waiting to see if something happens. The two contest winners are at the top of the stairs waiting for something to happen. And all of a sudden we hear one of them go, is that them? And uh, we kind of look at each other like, you know. What? And then the other one goes, yeah, I think that's them. I wonder what they're doing, you know. And so we just we just kind of shrugged it off like, okay. And they came downstairs and said, it sounded like we were packing up to leave. That... Things were big, giant things were being dragged across the floor. Lots of commotion and footsteps were happening down, down in the, um, I guess it would have been the dining room, right underneath where they were on the stairs. And we didn't hear anything. Wow. So fast forward to them going through all the footage and all the, the recording of everything that happened. And lo and behold, we get to the part where we hear them say, is that them? And then all of a sudden you hear this loud commotion taking place that was in the room right next to where we were sitting. And it was like extremely quiet when we were sitting there. Nothing was happening. But we heard a door open and close, like a metal door open and close. We heard like chatter, like like, kind of like office hustle and footsteps and boxes being dragged. And all four of those microphones picked that up. But we didn't hear it. Hear it. And what's most compelling to me is that microphone in the front parlor that was past us picked it up. But we didn't hear a thing. But they heard it upstairs. Wow. I don't, to this day, I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. (laughs) Ah. But it was, I mean, and, you know, nothing felt, um, nothing felt dangerous. Nothing felt malevolent. Right. But something was going on there something's going on um so that at least at that last place i worked that was um that's where i got some of those orb shots which we can post yeah, at some point that'd be awesome that'd um, be awesome yeah so i mean i can keep going i know um, i have so I, many too so many okay you go it's your turn um okay I'll, I'll i'll share one last one um 
this is a really uh it, it was a shared experience between my mother and I um which makes it special in a certain way uh to me but we had a very dear family friend who uh kind of came and went in our lives um but he had been gone for quite some time mm-hmm. um and there was a period of several days where things started happening in our house. My mother said the first day she had been in our basement, which was where all of our laundry mm-hmm. um, equipment was, and she was down there ironing. And she was ironing, and behind her she smelled his cologne. Yeah. A very strong scent, she said. Um, and she turned around, and obviously no one was there. Right. So she came upstairs. Um, then this is this one was very eerie. Uh, I had been uh, so we have a very small house um, back where I grew up, and her bedroom was right next to my bedroom, and it was at the end of a long hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, and off of that hallway was the bathroom, mm-hmm. and so I had been in the bathroom getting ready for bed, um, and. Well, actually, no, my mother was in the bathroom getting ready for bed. I had already been, um, I was in her room waiting to tell her goodnight before I went to, went to sleep myself. And she said to me that she saw someone walk down the hallway and she thought it was my boyfriend. Um, and then she heard my bedroom door close, which I never closed my bedroom door. Um, and So she didn't think anything of it, finished up getting ready for bed. And then when she came in and she said, "Um, why aren't you in there with with your boyfriend? And I said, he's not here tonight. Well, my bedroom door was closed. Um, And she said, you're going to sleep in my room with me tonight. Oh, my gosh. And I said, okay. And I didn't think anything of it because she hadn't told me what was going on. Um, I had seen that same few couple days I'd seen weird shadows as I was watching TV I felt like people were walking in and out of the room that weren't um, heard things in the kitchen that weren't happening Um, it all kind of culminated when I left because this was at a period of time where I was in college away from home Um, I'd left and she said that one night she slept with the door to her bedroom open which isn't typical of her she Mm -hmm. typically keeps it closed Um, Well, the night she left it open, someone shook her. What? And she instinctively knew, do not turn around. Um, Okay, that's just she Yeah, so she just let it shake her, and she didn't think anything of it. The next night, she locked her door. Yeah. And it knocked on her door. Um, (coughs) And then it stopped. She didn't engage, and it stopped. And I... uh, I had talked to her about that weekend and said, I saw shadows and she was telling me what she had experienced. And I said, um, I wonder what's going on. She's like, well, um, I could smell his cologne. And I said, well, whatever happened to him? And this is the family friend we're talking about. I said, whatever happened to him? Let's, let's, let's see if we can find anything. Yeah. He died that week. Oh my gosh. And we are certain that he was just trying to tell us. Oh, my gosh. He was just trying to tell us he had gone. And so it was from that moment on that I really felt like 
it's not necessarily the house that is haunted because yeah. he wasn't haunting our home. Right. He was trying to tell us we I'm I'm past. He found you, yeah. And I wanted to let you know. Oh my gosh. That is Yeah. <laughs> I've got crazy so. chills. Um wow. I I can I can only relate to that in in the aspect that my mom's been gone about 5 years and there have been a couple times where out of the blue I will smell a perfume that I associate with her. Yeah. And I don't know. I choose to believe that it's her saying yeah. hi. Um, and I think it is. I think it, it I What else could it be? Yeah. And even if it isn't that, what's the harm in believing that that's what it is? There's no My mom's saying none. hi to me. Yeah. Or she's there for me in this moment that, you know. Exactly. Um, wow. Yeah. So I do believe our loved ones yeah. talk to us. Yeah. And that's a lot of what... I dream about is of past loved ones who want to communicate something that somehow eerily makes really? sense in the real world. Yeah. Um, and so, and none of my um, family members have had those same experiences, but it all somehow eerily rings true to them when I tell them, Oh, uncle so-and-so sh- says this. And they're wow. like, yeah, that that's exactly what's happening right now. Wow. I needed to hear. That's what I needed to hear right now. And you're telling me that. So I think I got that from my mother in some semblance. I think that she is the true. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it would be considered a clairvoyant or whatever it's considered, but I think she's the true sensitive one. Yeah. I, I got a semblance of it from her. Um, but I, I, I am convinced. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. convinced too. That's, I am convinced. That's amazing. Uh, mine comes more in in feeling, and um, ju- the only way I can think to describe it is, and it's something I'm trying to explore in myself a little more, is um, empathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, but just one thing that I can immediately feel, uh, we'll use haunted houses as an example, um, and it was something that, that I went through at the last place I worked. Um, when I walked in, I could immediately feel what the energy of the house was. And I knew what kind of day it was going to be. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. Um, but there there were a couple times when I walked in and walked right back out. Because I'm like, Mm-mm, I don't know what it is today, but no. It's not worth it. Nope. Um, anyway, yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. We have time for what the hell? Yeah, let's do let's do the what the hell. What the hell? Uh, okay, here's mine. It was uh, an article I read and a couple pictures I saw just recently um, of this really cool bookshelf, but the bookshelf can transform into a coffin. Why? What the hell? What the hell? Why? I feel like that would be the perfect home decor for a serial killer functional functional yeah so functional what the hell why would you need a coffin in your home bookshelf i don't know i mean why not though right why not i mean i guess i mean but really couldn't any bookshelf be made into a coffin probably but this one is like a transformer and it (laughs) and it like fits together in this way that makes this um wooden perfect coffin shape yeah that's I mean anything wild. can be a coffin if you try hard enough. If you try hard enough. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. That is wild. Okay. 
on that mine, note. My what the hell <laughs> is real what the hell. Oh, boy. Did you know Pablo Escobar liked Tepos? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So uh, I got this off of Ripley's Believe It or Not, which I didn't realize they have a website, and it's so great um so Pablo Escobar liked hippos and he decided he wanted some hippos on his property um and so he asks for a bunch of hippos they have like this strange zoo type of uh area and then dies right like yeah. he's, he, he gets killed um they couldn't control the hippos. <laughs> so they left them. What? And now Colombia has about a hundred roaming hippos in the waterways. What the hell? What the hell? Get the damn hippos out. Get them Why? Under control. Why did you just leave them? Well, but at least they thrived and didn't like They say they're really doing the, the ecosystem in Colombia is really flourishing because of these hippos oh my god yeah because they're like um miracle hippos they're eating all of these invasive mm -hmm. weeds and they're like peppering the uh waterways with their their dung <laughs> which is allowing the fish to flourish i don't know whatever <laughs> hippos do they are, but there are now hippos in colombia well that's actually pretty awesome yeah. But what the hell? But what the hell? Why? <laughs> Why? Why did you do that? Wow. Good one. <sighs> so. All right. Thanks for hanging in there with us Thank for another you. riveting episode. Riveting episode of the Horror Salon. Okay. So um, this uh, this zombie killer, one final shout out, delish. Get it. Get it now. Put it in your mouth. Exact. Put it in your face mouth. Who says that? Put Somebody it in your face that. mouth. I don't know who says that. Anyway, love that. Matter. Whoever um, you are, love you. Um, <laughs> be sure to engage with us through all channels. Mm -hmm. Website thehorrorsalon.com. Got lots of fun stuff on there for you to check out. Uh, please follow us on Instagram at the Horror Salon. Always new content going up there. And let us know. What are some of your personal paranormal yeah. stories? What are the stories that keep you up at night thinking, hmm, that happened? Yeah. Uh, info at thehorrorsalon.com. And maybe we'll feature, uh, feature your story on an upcoming yeah. episode. Well, and you know, and, and maybe even something that keeps you up at night going, what the hell? What the, oh, I'd love to hear your what yeah, the hell. I'd love to hear your what the hell. I, I would love to do a whole episode on your what the hell. Your what the hells. That sounds amazing. <sighs> okay, so the glasses are empty. The glasses are empty. The Edgar Allan Poe candle has been extinguished. And thank you for joining us for another awesome evening. Yours, as always, Andemic. The Witch.
monsters, it's The Witch. And Anne Demick. Music for this episode is Rage by the 126ers. Check out our website for show notes and links to some cool extras. Later, nerds.